2 Samuel chapter 14 in just one verse, verse number 14. And the Bible says this, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, all of us must die eventually. Our lives are like water spilled out on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. But God does not just sweep life away. No, instead, he devises ways to bring us back when we have been separated from him. Can you say amen today? Today, I want to talk to you for a few moments on this simple thought, like water spilled. Like water spilled. Heavenly Father, we love you today and we thank you for the presence that we already feel in this house. God, you're already here. We, we didn't even have to usher you in. You were waiting on us, God. This is your house. God, I thank you for that. I'm asking now, Lord, that you would help us, God, to glean from your word today. Make us malleable, God. Make us, make us bendable. Make us, uh, let us hear your word this morning, God, that we might receive it and that it might do something in us to change us, God, and make us better. Lord, I thank you for it now. I know that you're going to do great things, God. You're making ways already. It's in Jesus' wonderful name that we ask these things and everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you today. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. I got to confess to you today that I have always wanted to please the Lord. My entire life, I've wanted to please God. I've never, I've never hated God that I can remember. I've never really rejected God that I can remember. I've always wanted to do right by Him and please Him. And yet, the opposite side of that statement is that I have not always pleased God. I may have wanted to do that, but I haven't always been successful in doing that. There have been times in my life where I have failed and I failed God. You gotta understand that church is what I grew up on, right? As it was for many of you. My brother and I, when we would get together with our cousins on the holidays, we used to play church. Like it wasn't just good enough to go to church, we'd go home and play church, right? And it's what we knew. We, we, would, we would sing like sister so-and-so and we would shout like sister so-and-so and we would dance around like brother so-and-so and, -so, and Boy, come to think of it, I think some of you were on that list I'm, now that I'm thinking about it. Oh, boy. But ch church is what we grew up doing. I, I grew up teaching Sunday school and singing in the choir. I always wanted to do right. But even with that heart for God, and even though I wanted to do what was right by God, there have been times in my life that I miserably failed God. There have been points in my life where I fell, times where I felt like nothing but a big disappointment to God. And I can stand here today and tell you that there have been times where I have been a spiritual success. That's true. But there have been many more times that I have been a spiritual failure. I know what it's like to be a sinner. To be a sinner is to be at odds with Jesus Christ. Not at odds with his love, but to be at odds with his word and to be at odds with his commandments. 
Jesus said, if any man loves me, he will keep my commandments. And I'm telling you today that with the best of intentions, and I'm just being transparent this morning, with the best of intentions, I still know what it's like to fall to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And so even with a heart that desires to please God, sometimes we can find ourselves separated from Him. Even though we try to do right and we mean to do well, sometimes we find ourselves falling prey to those things that that Paul said we would not do, right? He said, that which I do, I don't do, and that which I don't do, I end up doing, and I want to do, but I can't do, and I, and I do to do to do. I, he, says, he says, there's all these things, and I want to do the right thing, but sometimes I find myself doing the wrong thing, even though I do have a heart for and love God. Mm. Even though I, I have a heart and love God, and we find ourselves separated by sin and banished from the presence of God. Sin always separates us from God. Sin will always distance you and I. It will always put us on the outside looking in. You can read your Bible and you'll find that your Bible is replete with people who were separated from God and from the presence of God. Bible says when sin was found in Satan, he was banished from the presence of God. When sin was found in Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they were put out of the garden, they were banished from the garden, but even more important is that they were banished and separated from the fellowship that they had with their Creator. When Sodom and Gomorrah were so steeped in their sin that that they were banished and ultimately destroyed by God, the Bible says that Esau did not cherish his birthright Rather, he sold it for a pot of beans and therefore was separated from the presence of God. He was banished from the presence of God and the Bible says that he went out and he wept bitterly because of it. Samson gave in to the lust of the flesh and even though Samson had a heart for God and even though Samson desired to please God and took a Nazarite vow and did all of those things, the Bible says that Samson was banished from God because of the sin that was in his life. Saul allowed bitterness into his heart and the presence of the Lord was removed from him. And the Bible says God rejected him. Judas spent three and a half years with Jesus, but he got in with the wrong crowd and he allowed pride into his heart and he was put out from the presence of the Lord and it ended up costing him his own life. And I could go on and on and on today of people who allowed sin to separate them from God. It didn't mean that they didn't love God. Please understand. It didn't mean that they didn't want to please God. But God's presence could not dwell in the midst of man's sin. And so it's no wonder today that there is a genuine fear in the heart of man when he is outside of the presence of the Lord. But I've come to tell somebody about some good news. I've come to share with some of us some great news today that you ought to know about the God that you serve. And it's found in the text that we read in 2 Samuel where he said, God does not just sweep life away. 
No, instead, he devises ways to bring us back when we have been separated from God. Oh, that's good news for me. That's good news for you. You got to understand today that God so wants you to be saved. He so wants you and I to be healed. He so wants you and I to be set free. He so wants you and I to be blessed that he looks for ways to break the sin curse for you and I. And even though we may not be doing the right thing, he's going to figure out a way to deliver us and make us whole. Because God is not in interested in condemning you. He's interested in saving you. I said God isn't interested in condemning you. He's interested in saving you. He's not trying to put you down. He's trying to lift you up. Hmm. The writer says that sometimes our lives are as water spilled as water spilled out on the ground which cannot be gathered up again. I find it interesting that he says that the spilled water cannot be gathered up again. You know, when you spill water on the ground, you know you can't gather that back up and put it in the glass. You, when you spill that water and it goes onto the ground, you, you, can't, you can't collect it and, and, and get it back. It's, 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 it's gone. It cannot be gathered up again. It's on the ground. We used to say that old saying when I was growing up, there's no use crying over spilled milk. Yeah. Well, what does that even mean? It means that once the milk is spilled out of the glass, once the milk is on the table or on the floor, there's nothing you can do about it. It's done. It's done. So, so there's no use crying about it. And there's no use worrying about it and fretting about it. What's done is done. And, and our lives are like that sometimes. Sometimes we live our lives like spilled milk and spilled water. Things happen that are like water being spilled and there's nothing we can do but to clean up the mess. You, you do things that you don't mean to do and sometimes you can't fix it. You, you, you had relationships that you allowed to go down in the past and you carry that guilt and you carry that shame and it cannot be gathered back up again. You can't change it. That, that moment of weakness, you, you say things that you regret that you said, but once those words came out of my mouth, I couldn't, I couldn't reach out and grab them and shove them back in. It was those things that I, I said, there was that trust that was destroyed and no matter what you try to do, you simply can't gather it back up. And, what I found today is that we spend a lot of time crying over the spilled milk in our life. We spend a lot of effort and a lot of worry just fretting over the, the spilled water and the things in our lives that we've allowed to get away from us and we waste a lot of energy trying to justify those things. But this scripture here tells us that even though we have things in our lives that are like water spilled which cannot be gathered up again but God mm. but God not you not me but God but God devises a way 
God devises a means. See, what I thought was spilled on the ground and what I thought was destroyed and what I thought was used up, God devises ways that he can bring me back so that I do not have to be separated from him. He's looking for a way that he can bring me back. Can I just tell somebody here this morning that God isn't mad at you. He's mad about you. Mm. He's not mad at you. He's mad about you. He's not trying to put you down. He's trying to pick you up. He's not trying to kick you out. He's trying to bring you in. And he will make a way. He will devise a means. He will come up with a plan so that you're not banished and you're not separated from him. You say, Brother Sizemore, I spilled my life out on the ground. I made some bad choices. I, I, I said some hurtful things. I, I did some unthinkable things. I, I allowed sin into my life and I can't undo what I've done. But the Bible says that even though it's on the ground and even though it seems to be over, that God Almighty will devise a way that he can come up with a plan and a means to deliver you and to bring you out and bring you back into fellowship with him. And so God's trying to devise ways and he's trying to work out some plans in, in, in your life. And no matter what anybody else has told you today, God's not just going to sweep your life away. No, God doesn't do that. God's not going to throw you away. God doesn't make mistakes. No, you and I are the ones that make the mistakes, but, but not God. No, God devises means and, and God comes up with plans and he sees what you and I don't see and he knows what you and I don't know. He, he sits on his throne in heaven and he scans the end from the beginning and he comes up with ways that you and I can be brought back mm. and reconciled to him. Isaiah said it this way, God makes a way where there seemed to be no way. I thought, I thought I spilled it on the ground. I, I thought my life was like water spilled and I've wasted it and I've, 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 I've thrown it away and I can't get it back and, and I've done all these things that have, that have caused me to end up where I am and I can't go back and change any of that and yet God, mm, it's hard for you and I to believe. It, it seems impossible for us to comprehend that God can take the spilled water of my life after it runs down into the earth. And that God could reach down and recover something that I, I don't think is recoverable. And yet God in his infinite power, he makes a way. God in his infinite wisdom makes a way where you and I didn't think that there was going to be any other way. God in his sovereignty devises a means. He, he comes up with a plan. He, 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 he might, his means might not make sense to you and I. His plans might seem impossible, but we serve the God of the impossible. What do the scriptures say? His ways are higher than my ways. His ways, I can't comprehend his ways. I don't understand his ways. I don't know his ways. My ways are down here, but God's ways are all the way up there. 
and he's coming up with a plan and he's coming up with a means and he's devising a way so that I'm not banished from him and I can be reconciled into his presence. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9, the apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church and he said, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? He said, be not deceived, for neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of, boy, that's a rough group, isn't it? Man, that's a rough, that's not the kind of crowd you want to be running with. Yeah, and he wasn't done. He went on to talk about all the extortioners, the, not the, the revilers, the drunkards, and, and, but he, in verse 11 he says, but wait a minute, such were some of you. Some were, such were some of you. He, he just looked at us straight in the face and said, I know what you did. I know where you've been. I know who you are. And such were some of you. But thanks be unto God that he didn't stop right and right there. Thanks be unto God that that's not where he put the pen down on the table. Thanks be unto God that he didn't stop right and right there. Brother John, I'm glad he didn't, he didn't end that with a period right there in your Bible. I'm teaching seventh grade grammar and English at the school this year, and here's what I'm learning. I'm learning that there are some sentences that don't need a period at the end of them. And let me tell you, don't you put a period on the sentence of your life where God meant to put something else. You are not the author of your life. God is the author of your life. God is the finisher of your faith. It's not up to me and it's not up to you. It's up to God Almighty. God in heaven. And so Paul, 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 Paul didn't, he didn't put a period right there, Brother Jamie. He, 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 he put a little colon right there. A little colon. Because when you see that little colon, that means, wait a minute, there's more. Hold on, there's more. Wait, there's more. There's more to this sentence. There's more to this thought. He said, such were some of you, colon. Mm. He said, but... Let me finish my thought. He said, but, but you are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What does it mean to be justified, Brother Sizemore? Be justified means this. I heard a preacher say this one time. He said, it means just if I'd never done it. What does it mean to be justified? It's just if I'd never said it. Just if I'd never been there. Just if I'd never had it. Oh, and we 
can go to God sometimes and we can say, God, I know I'm a skunk. God, you know I didn't mean it. And God said, well, let me take a look here. What did you say your name was? What did you say you did? I can't find anything about your name. He said, I see an eraser mark there. I see where there used to be something there, but I can't find it anymore. Why? Because I've been justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's just if I'd never done it. Yeah, but you don't understand. I, I ran off with that and I did, I did that thing and I, I got messed up with that. God says, no, 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 wait a minute. I don't have anything here. I, I, don't, I don't have anything by your name. It looks like there was something, but, but it's gone. Because when I came to Jesus Christ and when I repented of my sins, And when I was buried with Christ in water, baptism like pastor preached about on Wednesday night, when I was baptized in the only saving name of Jesus, and when his precious blood washed over me and filled me with the Holy Ghost, then it was just if I'd never done it. It's not on my record. It's not on my charge. It's as if it never happened. Oh, is there anybody here today that's glad that you've been justified? Mm. Aren't you glad he made a way for you? Children of Israel were wandering in the wilderness without water. They needed something to drink. Kind of like me right now, actually. I'm going to get a drink real quick. Man, taking it out of me. There you go. They didn't have any water. Didn't have anything to drink, but God devised a means. Yeah, God had a plan. He made water to flow out of a rock. I mean, who does that? What kind of a thing is that? How's that even possible for water to just naturally flow out of a rock? I I don't even know, but that's God devising a means. That's God making a way that when they got hungry, they didn't have any food, but God devised a way. Oh, he made manna to fall from the sky every morning. What is it? I don't know, but God made it and God gave it to us. So I'm going to eat it. God devised a way. He made a plan. They didn't know where to go. So God, they, they didn't have any direction in the wilderness. So God set a pillar over their head. A pillar of cloud by day that led them and a pillar of night. He set it on fire so that they could follow it and it would keep them warm and they could have light on the journey. You say something like that has never happened before. Yeah, I know. But let me tell you something about the God we serve. The God we serve is interested in doing what's never been done before. Yeah. He's interested in doing a new thing. He wants to do things for you that you've never seen him do. That, that's the kind of God we serve. Bible says they came to the Red Sea and they didn't know how they were going to cross the Red Sea. But all of a sudden, Moses stretched out that staff and the waters, they parted and they all walked across on dry land. What happened? God made a way. God devised a means. God devised a plan. So remind me again today of that thing you brought in here that you think God can't handle. 
Mm. Joshua said, Lord, I've got more enemy to fight than I do daylight. He didn't rhyme it like that. That was me. But he said, I've got more enemy to fight and I'm losing daylight. The sun's about to go down. Joshua said, there anything I can do to stop it? It's like water spilled on the ground. I'm out of control, Lord. I, I, I can't do anything about it. I, there's nothing that I can do. I can't get it back. I can't recover it. So what did God do? God made a way. God devised the means. Joshua was at the end of his rope. So instead of letting go, he let God. And God was able to pick up where Joshua left off. And God did something for Joshua that he had never done before. And he's never done it since. He caused the sun to stand still in the sky for 24 hours. Joshua said, it's like, it's like water spilled, God. I've got this job to do, but I don't have enough time in the day to do it. You ever felt like that? God, I've got this enemy to defeat, but I don't know how I'm going to defeat it. It's out of my control, God. I can't gather it back together. And God said, don't worry about it, Joshua. I'm making a way. I'm devising a plan. And he caused the sun to stand. It, it literally quit turning on its axis until Joshua could defeat the enemy. God devised a means. When Abraham was nearing the top of that mountain, God had told him to take his son, his only son Isaac, up to the top and offer him a sacrifice. Abraham trusted God. God took note of Abraham's obedience, but as Abraham and Isaac laid Isaac on that altar and he took that knife and he lifted it up, he knew that his son was about to die and yet God was devising a way. Oh, Abraham didn't know it. He didn't understand it. But at the same time that he and Isaac were walking up one side of that mountain, there was a ram that was walking up the other side. And Abraham couldn't see it. Abraham didn't know it existed. But God was devising a way. God was making a plan. God was devising a means so that Abraham wouldn't have to sacrifice his son. And that ram got caught in the thicket. And God made a way where Abraham didn't think there was going to be any other way. Mm. And so when God decided that he wanted a sacrifice that would remit the sins of all mankind. When he decided that he wanted to redeem man from his fallen state of sin and restore relationship between creator and creation. He didn't just come up with an idea, God. He didn't just dream up a concept, no. He came up with a plan, but more so than coming up with a plan, he became the plan. Oh, yeah. He devised the means, but more than just devising a means, he became the means. Oh, thank God for it. Bible says that he would be born of a virgin girl and a carpenter boy, that they would call his name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. He would come on a silent night in Bethlehem 
Not in a five-star motel, no, in a stable, in a manger, no no hoopla, no parades. He would grow up as a normal boy, but when his time came, he would step out and become the savior of the world. Mm. He would spend three and a half years teaching and training disciples. And then he would allow himself to be falsely accused and arrested and tried and ultimately crucified on a cross. He knew that without the shedding of innocent blood, there could be no remission of sin. And so he allowed his very own blood to be spilled for the remission of sin. Not just my sin and not just your sin, but he spilled his righteous blood for the sin of every man, woman, boy, and girl to ever walk the face of the earth. Mm. He became the spotless lamb, the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Notice he didn't just come up with the way, he became the way. He didn't just come up with the plan, he became the plan. He became our high priest. He became our sacrifice. He devised a means, but he didn't stop there. He became the means. And so remind me again what you brought in here today that God can't help you with. Mm. Listen, if he can devise a way for the salvation of all mankind, then certainly he can devise a way for you and I today. If he can come up with a plan for the salvation of the world, he can certainly work a plan out in your life. But he's waiting on you and me. I said he's waiting on you and me because I'm the one that's going to wake up every morning and put on that guilt. And I'm the one that's going to wake up every morning and put on that that shame. I'm the one that's going to wear that heavy burden around my neck. I'm the one who can't let go of the past. I'm the one who worries and frets about the water that's been spilled on my life. And, And I'm the one that can't seem to break free. Can I tell you today that God has devised a way for you and I? Oh, I know it seems like my life is like water spilt out on the ground. I know it seems like my, the circumstances of my life are out of control and, and I, I can't gather it all. I can't go back and change my past and I can't go back and redo it. There's no do-overs. I, there's no mulligan. I can't, I can't go back and have a second try at it and I feel like I've ruined it. I feel like I've wasted it. And it may seem like I can never recover it. It's gone. But I've come to preach to somebody in this place today that God, God, but God, has devising a plan for you even while you sit here this morning. That he's making a way for you today where there seems to be no other possible way because God doesn't want me to be banished uh, from his presence. Uh, God loves me so much uh, that he doesn't want me to be separated from him, but he's made a way for you and I to be restored. He's made a way for you and I to be reconciled. There is a plan in place uh, where we can be brought back in to the presence of God. And even though I've missed it all, up and even though you've thrown it away and even though we can't gather it back up again still God has made a way
Oh, come on, if you're thankful that he's made a way for you. Come on, if you're thankful that he's made a way for you. Oh, stand to your feet with me today. We sang this morning about the God who makes a way. The God who makes a way. He comes up with means that you and I didn't know existed. He comes up with resources that you and I didn't know that he had access to. Oh, Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. What does that mean? That means it all belongs to him anyway. It doesn't belong to you, it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to him. And let me tell you, when you allow Jesus Christ to come live in your heart, when you were filled with his spirit and took on his name and water baptism and repented of your sins, then your life no longer became your own. Somebody needs to hear it. Your life doesn't belong to you anymore. It belongs to him. And that scares some of you because you thought, no, I, I, actually, Lord, I'm going to give my life to you, but can I borrow it back for a little bit? I, I've got stuff. I've got plans. I've got, I've got these things I need to do. I got people that I got to set straight. <laughs> I got, yeah. Oh, I'm not the only one that has those feelings, am I? You guys, are you, everybody? Okay. All right. No, God, I, I've got stuff I need to do and I, I want to do. And God says, mm, it doesn't belong to you anymore. No, it belongs to me. I, I'm either Lord of it all or I'm not Lord at all. God said, you might have your plan, but I've, I've devised a way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You say, Brother Sizemore, I need direction. I'm looking for a way. Let me introduce you to Jesus. He is the way. You say, Brother Sizemore, I don't know what to believe. I'm trying to find truth in a world that is void of it. I got good news for you today. You can be introduced to the truth. And the truth isn't a thing. The truth is a person. Jesus Christ. He's a spirit. But not only is, the, is he the way, and not only is he the truth, but he's the life. He's the life. And even though I was dead in my trespasses and sin, and I was dead and I was gone, I needed life to be breathed into me. Jesus said, I, I am the resurrection and the life. <laughs> and I feel like my life has been spilled out on the ground like water. And yet I serve a God who is the giver of life. And I may feel like I've wasted mine and yet my God can give me a new one.
new life. That's what we talk about when we're talking about new life. We're not just talking about, well, one day when I get to heaven, I'm going to have a new life and I'm going to have a new body. Praise the Lord, right? I mean, praise the Lord. Yeah, I'm thankful for that. But, 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 but we're not just talking about new life over there. I, Jesus said, you, you can have new life right where you are. You thought you spilled it out on the ground, but God said, you can't gather it up again. He said, but let me have a try at it. He said, because I can fill that cup back up. The one that you spilled all over the ground, I can fill it back up. David, David seemingly threw his life away. Had an affair. Had a man killed to cover it up. Was doing all kind of ornery things. Was doing all kind of things that was outside of the will of God. And yet David could still sit down and pen the words that my cup runneth over. But David, you spilled it out on the ground. You made some mistakes. You did some bad things. And David said, yeah, yeah, that was me. I couldn't gather it back up and put it into the glass again, but, but I serve a God who can cause my emptiness to be filled again. And he can cause my life to have meaning again. And sin may have separated me from God, but he's devised a way for me to be brought back into his presence. He's pulled me off the scrap heap. He didn't just wad me up and throw my life away and throw it in the trash can. No, he loved me so much and he cared about me so much. Even when I rejected him, even when I wasn't living right, he loved me and so he stepped into my own sin. And he filled me with life. This morning, I don't know your story. I don't know where you are today, but maybe you're here and you feel like your life is like water spilled on the ground. You say, Pastor, I can't recover. But I've come to invite you today to encounter a God that has made a way for you. He's directing your steps. I've come to tell you, it's not falling apart this morning. It's falling into place. Mm. Oh, it's not an accident that you're here today. God is devising a means in your life. And so we're going to sing this song and we're going to open this altar today. And I wonder who might be here that says, Brother Sizemore, I need God to make a way in my life. I need that life giving. I need that God who can devise a means for me. I don't know where it's going to come from. I've already messed it up. I've already spilled the water on the ground. But I need to get in touch with a God who can fill me back up again and who can make a way where there seems to be no way. Come on, would you lift your hands with me right now all across this room? Come on, somebody get your eyes on God. Come on, somebody lift your voice right now. Come on, somebody cry out to God. Let's sing today. Come on, who will come? Who will come and say, God, I need you. God, I need you to help me. I need you to gather it back up again for me. There's no power, Oh God, I need you, Lord, today. God, to devise a plan and to make a way. I can't do it by myself. 
God, I've already messed it up. I've already found it up. God, I need you to be the life giver to me. your hands right now come on there's some people here today God wants to minister to you God wants to devise a plan for you God wants to make a way for you you don't have to live your life like water spilled God's gonna make it right God's gonna make it right God's gonna correct it God's gonna turn it for your testimony today Faith arise, let all agree, there's no power like
'Cause you. 